Welcome back to Afternoons Live with Tyler Axness. I'm Dane DeCray filling in for Tyler and standing in solidarity with him as he enjoys a Friday afternoon off. So, two down, a few more to go. Uh, Just remember that at 4 o'clock, my law partner Bruce Ringstrom Jr. and I will be taking calls and texts to answer all of your criminal law questions the best that we can. Text 35270 or call in at 237-5948. My next guest is probably the reason why I'm hosting today's show, and that is the folks at the Great Northern Innocence Project. This is the local, regional chapter of the Innocence Project, which you probably have heard about or know something about. They work in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota to help people who claim they are innocent of the crime they've been charged with or convicted of to get the help that they need. These are the folks that got a hold of me and Bruce Ringstrom, my law partner, to represent Cassie Black Elk and her case in Bismarck, North Dakota. I have them on the line. I have Jim Mayer, the managing attorney at Great Northern Innocence Project, and Anna McGinn, the nervous Bank of American fellow. Oh, no. <laughs> at the Great Northern Innocence Project. Jim and Anna, thank you so much for calling in. How are you guys doing? Doing great, doing Dane. Well. Thanks so much for having us. And let me yeah, say, well. yep, I apologize. This is my first time, and I'm just learning with Eric, our producer. I will do a better job of directing my questions since the three of us are by phone and not in the studio. I've been listening, Dane, and you sound great. You sound like a natural. Well, thank you, Jim. Uh, For that, I'm going to give you the first question for that uh, flattering compliment. As you heard me on the intro, I spoke at length with Tyler Axness about Cassie Black Elk last week. I did my best to explain all of the work that your organization did before we even got involved, but I want to throw it to you to talk about your work with Cassie and how you got involved in the case. Uh, well, thanks for the question, and thanks for uh, continuing to tell this, what I think is an important story. Um, you know, the, you mentioned the kind of work that we do. There are people in this country who are sitting in prison, and they're serving sentences for crimes that they didn't commit. Um, and the heart and soul of what we do is to try to find those people and to challenge their convictions in court see if we can get them out of prison and return to their families and communities. Um, One of the difficult things is finding those people. And sometimes uh, we've got to spend a lot of time on the road to talk to people, make sure we do the outreach so that people know that we're here. Um, Cassie Black Elk, I met in the summer of 2022. Last summer, we just paid a visit along with Adam Martin from the F5 Project uh, and Haley. In our office, we paid a visit to the women's prison in New England, North Dakota, just to talk to uh, some of the women who are residents there about what we do, what kind of services we give people, the kind of cases we take. And I just so happened to meet Cassie uh, that day at the prison. She heard of us. She didn't know who we were or what we did. Um, And we just started talking, and she told us her story. It was just one of those things, and I I couldn't believe it. It was a jaw-dropping story about what happened to her, this woman whose, whose child had died, who was blamed very publicly uh, for causing her child's death, who didn't discover until she was in prison that, in fact, the autopsy results uh, confirmed that she had nothing to do with her child's death. And so we took on her case uh, 
we've sought uh, post-conviction relief in the district court in Burley County. That was granted. Uh, Cassie was released. The state appealed to the North Dakota Supreme Court. Uh, they affirmed it. And then uh, that's basically, Dane, when you got involved right after that, when it appeared that the state was going to recharge her and try to take her back to trial. That's a great summary. Thanks, Jim. And now I want to focus on that work that I did along with my law partner, Bruce Ringstrom. One of the things that has gone a little bit unnoticed and underappreciated, in my opinion, is that behind the scenes of that new case, when we represented Cassie Black Elk out in Bismarck on the new charges, was the work of a legal intern researcher extraordinaire, Anna McGinn who is a North uh, Minnesota, I apologize, Minnesota native. She is the Bank of America fellow at the Great Northern Instance Project. She's on the line. Anna, I want to, first of all, thank you personally for making our job so much easier when we helped Cassie. But I also want you to talk about the work you did, basically teaching me the case to help me and our firm get Cassie free. So take the victory lap you deserve, Anna. Oh, well, thank you. I I think that's very kind of you. I think, so Jim, as Jim mentioned, a lot of our focus is on post-conviction work, and we could not do the amount of work that we do without our pro bono partners like you and your partner. Uh, I think that the important part is that after a conviction is vacated, which is ultimately the relief that we're seeking in post-conviction, prosecutors have the opportunity to retry a case. And this makes sense because if you think about it, you know, Brady violation or something else that happens that's unfair to the defendant, the prosecution has a chance to have a do-over and correct that mistake. Oftentimes, we hope that prosecutors will choose not to retry the cases, but they do have the opportunity to do so. And we were operating under the assumption for a while that they were going to pursue this case because they were pursuing it. Uh, Based on our work, Jim's work on the post-conviction hearing, we thought that we could make a really compelling case with the help of you um, leading the boat to adequately... um, get this thrown out before it even had to go to trial. And so that's what we did. We sought to dismiss the case based on everything that we had proved in the post-conviction proceedings and at the North Dakota Supreme Court. Uh, yeah, I think that was ultimately you know, where, where we teamed up, and, and obviously the rest is history. Luckily, the state agreed that there was no case to be made, uh, and in the interest of justice, sought to dismiss the case. And that surprised me. I, I think that was one of the things that when we talked in our strategy sessions was, number one, why are they doing this? And number two, how can we convince them that they should see the light and do the right thing and release the jaws on Cassie Black Elk? And I think the four of us together, it was a group effort, and I is one of the highlights of my career, and I'm just so happy that we were thought about by the Great Northern Innocence Project for Cassie's case. And on the heels of that, we actually have Cassie Black Elk 
calling into the station. And so, Cassie, can you hear me on the radio? Yeah. That is wonderful. So thank you so much for calling in. I wanted to give you an opportunity. You've heard what we've been talking about. Jim and Anna are here. Uh, why don't you tell us about how things are going and how you're feeling now that you've been finally exonerated for this crime? Um, things are going good. Um, still doing everything with my two daughters. And I still find it be shocking, but I'm actually really happy that it's done with. That I went, I went through a lot. Yes. To get to right here. And I can hear it in your voice. And I'll tell you, last week, uh, I've been on the radio here many times with Tyler Axness, and uh, I'm not joking when I say this has been the one where every one of my family members called or texted me afterwards. People I barely knew. Our law firm got calls thanking us, but more importantly, complimenting you and wanting to reach out and tell you how impressed they were with your hard work and how bad they felt for you. So we haven't seen each other face-to-face -face since this was dismissed, but I wanted to relay that to you, that all of North Dakota seems to be having your back in this case, Cassie. Well, thank you. Jim, Anna, do you have any questions or anything you want to talk to Cassie about? Why don't you start, Jim? Cassie, I'm so glad that you called in, and it's, it's great to hear your voice. And all of us were just, um, throughout the whole process, um, super inspired by the way that you persevered and kept fighting and, you know, maintained your dignity through all of this unfair treatment. And to me, uh, Dane, what shocks me is just what Cassie was able to do on her own. Imagine you're sitting in a prison cell um, and you're trying to get a copy of an autopsy report right, from an autopsy that happened months earlier. I mean, I can see myself telling a law student investigating a case, hey, go get a copy of that autopsy report. And they'd say, well, how do I do that? Um, but here's Cassie, no experience with the legal system uh, in a prison cell, and she figures out a way to do it because she just keeps fighting and doesn't give up. It's just, it's amazing. It's very inspirational. How did you do that, Cassie? I sat down with my the case manager, because I kept saying I wanted it, because my original public defender said he didn't have access to it no more. And so we sat down and we called the, the I don't know what the place is called, and they told us how we had to apply for it online, and we got it within 24 hours. And when you read it, how did it make you, I mean, talk about that moment, because when I heard the story, I had, you know, goosebumps on my arm. I can't imagine being in a prison and reading that. I sat there and, and it was, it was a lot of relief because in my heart, I knew I didn't do anything to my baby. And I, I kept fighting with, for my, my two oldest girls, because if you know me, you already know, like, I love being a mom. Yeah. And that was one of the things that was the hardest for me is that instead of being able to be a grieving mom, you had to go through this. 
and I have kids. We just had our fourth kid. I think I told you when we were in Bismarck last that my wife was pregnant. And so yeah. he is only five days old, and I know that your baby was three weeks old. And so, you know, I want to extend my condolences and sympathies on behalf of all of us that, you know, this had to, this happened to you, the tragedy alone, and then everything else. So I want you to know I'm, I'm just so sorry about that, Cassie. Thank you. Anna, do you have anything you want to tell Cassie or any questions? Um, just for you to know, Cassie, Anna was one of the ones who helped me and Bruce come up with the legal arguments to convince the state to drop the case. So Anna's in the background, maybe a little more, but she deserves to be in the foreground on this case. Go ahead, Anna. Well, that's really kind of you. I think that the thing to remember I am just so inspired by Cassie and all of our clients because they really speak to the resilience of the human spirit. I just can't imagine going through so much trauma and suffering, and yet here she is uh, telling so bravely in front of everyone. Uh, and so I hope that we can all acknowledge the bravery it takes to speak out about this, her experience. And also, uh, it's so easy for me to do the work that I do because of the inspiration that our clients provide me. It's, it's a real fuel on those long days or the tough days of this job is remembering that our clients are people with stories and hopes and dreams. And I think that's often lost when you look at the statistics about incarceration, crime, wrongful conviction. And so I'm really grateful that Cassie uh, decided she wanted to speak about her experience because I think it takes a lot of courage. I agree with that. And this story Man, man, oh man, this is a story that hits you in all of the all of the places that make you feel bad and make you realize that, you know, the system is oftentimes very wrong. And Cassie, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? Are you staying in, in Bismarck? Are you I know you have family back in South Dakota. Now that this is behind you. And you don't have to worry about it anymore. What is the next chapter of Cassie Black Elk look like? Um, right now, I'm still in Bismarck. Um, I I don't want to just uptake my kids randomly out of nowhere, but I do want to go home, back home to my family in the near future. Because I just lost my sister, and losing her, that meant I lost the last year and a half without her. So... I want to go back home to my family where I feel safe, I guess, because I really feel like in the beginning they were the only ones to believe me, and they stayed there. And home is South Dakota, is that right? Yeah, yep, back home in South Dakota. And that's another thing that I talked about um, last week on the radio, which I think really exemplifies who Cassie is, and that's after her conviction was overturned and affirmed, uh, and when the state recharged her, 
there was a, a condition of her probation that didn't let her leave the state of North Dakota. And you just heard her say her sister died, and they were very close, and she told me that. Some people would say, you know what, I've been treated so unjustly for so long, I don't care about these conditions, I'm going down to take care of my family. And Cassie stayed in North Dakota. Jim talked about this earlier, but may we all have the conviction of a person like Cassie Black Elk, who in the face of all of these things, kept her cool and her composure and continued to abide by the law while she fought the unjust charges against her. That's just so impressive, Cassie. I wanted to say that too. Thanks for doing that. Well, this interview originally was going to be a little more about the Great Northern Innocence Project, but I'm so happy that it turned out to be a talk with Cassie because that's what I think Jim and Anna and I would want the focus to be. So I am going to give Jim one opportunity to have the last word on the Cassandra Black Elk case from the Great Northern Innocence Project and Ringstrom DeCray Law Firm. You got 30 seconds, Jim. Wow, 30 seconds. Okay, well, Cassie, thank you so much for calling in and, again, uh, for your courage in in telling your story and sharing all of that. Um, Incredible honor to work on this case uh, for you, Cassie, and to work with you, Anna, and with you, Dane and Bruce, to get to the results that we got to. Um, Although, you know, it's still a tragedy. It's still incredibly traumatic, and so, you know, we can't be too celebratory about it. Um, but it's an honor and it's a privilege to do this work for people like Cassie and with people like you, Dane. I'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Jim. And I will simply echo the same thing. We lawyers did a lot on this case, and we deserve credit, but the person who deserves by far the most credit in this case is Cassie Black Elk, who didn't have us at the beginning, never stopped fighting, and is going to go on to do great things. Thank you so much, Cassie. This is Dane DeCray. We'll be back afternoons live filling in for Tyler Axness.